Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. If you're a woman of a certain age, that being in your late 30s to 40s, you're going to want to listen to today's episode. Mm -hmm. We're digging into the many myths of perimenopause and telling you which of them, if any, actually carry any weight. I'm Heather Klug. And I'm Bethany DeBrew Adams. And we're from the The Karen Yance Women's Women's Cardiac Cardiac Awareness Center. Today is the first installment of our menopause series. Bethany, when was the first time you can remember thinking or talking about menopause? That's an excellent question. I don't think I've ever given much thought to that, but I think it was probably back when I was in my early 20s and my mom was going through it. Okay. But it's not like we had a discussion about it. It wasn't like announced that, you know, I am going through menopause now, you know. (laughs) You guys didn't have a family meeting about (laughs) it? We did not have a family meeting. (laughs) It was more like... My mom would have these really, like, tearful episodes, Mm. so she would cry, like, super easily, which I know. And it freaked me out. So I tried, like, I was very cautious when I talked to her to try not to make that worse. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like, I was like, so, mom, how's that menopause going for you? You know, like, I wasn't (laughs) asking her questions or anything like that. So what about you? Well, since a lot of you know, I, you know, watched a lot of TV (laughs) growing up and... I probably first heard about menopause or thought about menopause just because it would occur on certain TV shows. Yeah. Right? That the middle-aged woman would be going through it. Right. Yeah. And taking it out on everyone. Oh, totally. It was always, (laughs) which freaked me out because the impression I always got was, oh my God, like these women go crazy. Yeah. They're like, fine, one minute. And then all of a sudden they're like yelling at you about something. (laughs) And then the next minute they're crying. Right. Or they're forgetting stuff and you're like what is going is that what menopause is like do I have to do that I don't want to go through that so obviously with a lot of tv shows it's you know it's a short amount of time right you're not going in great depth on it and everything's over dramatic right very heightened yes yeah do you think there's a lot of misinformation or maybe just a lack of discussion about perimenopause and menopause just in general oh yeah I think there are a lot (laughs) of myths that continue to get passed on oh yeah probably unintentionally I think so many of us rely on word of mouth when it comes to this topic right yeah we hear stories (laughs) oh yeah so if our moms or other relatives are vocal about what they experienced, that tends to be what forms our idea of what our experience will be, right? I think that it's still a topic that is taboo enough Mm -hmm. that we don't talk about it until we are going through it. Mm -hmm. And that's when we might realize that, okay, maybe our experience will be very different. Right. I think it's actually perfect that you mentioned taboo because it seems like perimenopause and menopause are kind of like the final frontier of discussions in women's health. Mm -hmm. You know, we we hear so much about puberty and like getting your first period and then little bit more about childbirth and all of that if you happen to go through it but you know it's just menopause is just one of those things that's kind of like shh 
Right. You know, it happens. We don't mm-hmm. talk about it, which is weird because this is something that almost every cis woman out there and some trans men will deal with at, mm-hmm. some, you know, at some point in your life. It's coming. And it's something that wasn't really studied, actually, until quite recently yeah. and wasn't really talked about openly until recently as well. Right. Since this is the first episode in our October menopause series, I want to start by just clarifying what we're talking about when we say perimenopause. Mm-hmm. and menopause because right. I think a lot of people use those terms interchangeably mm-hmm. and they are two very different times in a woman's life. And I just had a conversation with a woman who stopped in our center about that today. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. So for those of you out there who aren't sure which is which, we'll go through that. So perimenopause is defined as the final years of a woman's reproductive life leading up to the stopping of her period. It can begin anywhere from your late 30s to early 60s with natural menopause. This period can last from a few months up to 15 years. Gee, I really hope I get the few months. <laughs> I know that's not going to be it, but I hope I that's what I get. I don't think so either. <laughs> or even just a couple of years. 15 years seems like a long time. Right. Uh, menopause occurs when you stop having a monthly period for 12 straight months. This means that if you go for 11 months... Or 11 months and like 29 days. (laughs) Without having it. (laughs) Without having it, but then suddenly you have a period again. You need to start counting all over again. (laughs) I don't know how many women that actually happens Right, but I'm guessing that could occur. We should add in here, too, that there is such a thing as medically induced menopause. And that is usually when surgery is done. Like right. a woman needs to have her uterus taken out and her ovaries, and that will instantly put a woman into menopause. Right. So then you're going to get a lot of these. If you're going to get the side effects, that's when you'll get them kind of right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also good to know that there's math involved with menopause. So just (laughs) what I need, right? I know how much you love math. Right? I know. Before we get into the myths of the perimenopause phase, I thought we should discuss some of the history around these conditions, which may be why some of these myths are so persistent. Okay. So when I started researching this episode, I came upon a lot of information about how perimenopause and menopause used to be thought of way back in the day. This should be interesting. Yeah. So first of all, (laughs) the term menopause wasn't used until about 1820 Hmm. when it was coined by a French doctor named Charles de Gardin. Ooh, nice pronunciation. Thank you. My French teacher would be proud. (laughs) Um, Before then, it was actually known by several different colloquial terms depending on where you were. It could have been called green old age. Green? I have no idea what that means. Hmm. Death of sex. Oh. Or women's hell. So doesn't that sound like fun? Oh my gosh. Well, given what I've heard about some of the things women have to deal with during menopause, a couple of those sound, (laughs) well, I shouldn't say accurate, but... Familiar? Familiar, yeah. (laughs) And even now, it's often called the change. Right. Right? Or something similar. Right. So also around this same time, doctors believed that receiving bad news could cause menopause. (laughs) And that women who worked in, quote, unwomanly occupations were most at risk for menopause. Ah, So back then, fishwives, if you've ever, you know, read those books, 
they talk about the fishwife. These were women who, I mean, obviously they worked in a fish market, but they were known to be very crass mm-hmm. and very loud. They were thought to be most at risk for menopause huh. because they were so crass. Wow. <laughs> well, imagine if those doctors were to come to our century with oh, all of us gosh. loud women. Right. They'd probably think the same of us. Right. They're they, all going they through menopause. They think we're all going through menopause, like all the time. <laughs> right. So one of my personal favorite tidbits that I read was that Victorian doctors, so that was kind of like right at the end of the 19th century, believed menopausal women grew scales on their breasts and suffered a, quote, loss of feminine grace. Okay, that one's weird. (laughs) So basically, menopausal women were crude, loud, lizard people? (laughs) Yeah, right? Pretty much. Have you ever seen anybody with scales? I don't think so. There is such a thing as dry skin, but I mean, come on. That doesn't even make sense to me, but anyway. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then in the late 19th century, a little bit after this Victorian period, many of these doctors added that these lizard people, excuse me, women (laughs) going through menopause, were more likely to suffer from mental illness, including what they called morbid irrationality, Mm. minor forms of hysteria. Oh, hysteria. I hear that comes up. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Melancholia Hmm. and the impulse to drink, steal, and possibly even to murder. Jeez, I think some of those ideas are still being floated around today. Right? I that would make sense, especially the hysteria. The one. hysteria and the <laughs> and the murdering maybe a little bit. Oh, yeah, that too. I mean, even though the hormone estrogen, which is the main driver of perimenopause and menopause, mm-hmm. was discovered in the first half of the 20th century, it wasn't until longitudinal studies were done in the 1980s that the public's knowledge of the role of hormones in perimenopause and menopause actually was deepened. Okay. So believe it or not, before that, doctors thought that perimenopause was a slow draining of estrogen levels until you hit that final period. And then it was like, your reserves are gone, and yeah. now you're in menopause. Well, that'd be nice if it actually worked out that right? way. Everything might be a little more stable. Right, because unfortunately <laughs> these studies showed that it's actually more of a turbulent process with hormones kind of fluctuating all over the place willy-nilly. Hmm. Lots of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to believe that it wasn't until our grandmas were going through menopause that doctors really had any real inkling as to what was going on in right? their bodies. It's kind of frightening a little it bit. Is. It makes it a little easier now to see how these menopause and perimenopause myths could just be perpetuated for decades. Right. What is the biggest myth that you believed in about menopause, Bethany? Okay. Let me see if I can explain this the way I want it to come out. Okay. So I think I had it in my head that your periods would like slowly just taper off. Like you'd hit like a certain age, 50 or whatever, and it'd be like... January, you'd have a normal period. And then February, be a little shorter and lighter. March, shorter and lighter. And it would just kind of taper off over maybe six, eight months. And then it would just stop. And that would be that. Okay. And you'd be, you know, through the menopause. But I've since read that it's more like your period can fluctuate a bunch during your perimenopausal years. So it can be like one month it'll be heavy and one month it'll be long and then you'll have a really short one. And it's just kind it can be kind of all over the place. And I know I've shared this with you, Heather, but a few years ago, my mom gave me an Oprah magazine because Mm -hmm. we all learned so much from Oprah. 
(laughs) and it was all about (laughs) menopause and you know like kind of reminded me of the reverse of puberty like here's your book to learn about menopause so and in this it talked about what a lot of the changes are that you go through during perimenopause and it mentioned that sometimes you will just get pardon the graphic nature of this but (laughs) you'll get a randomly huge just gush of blood so you should always carry like (laughs) backup tampons or pads or whatever with you and this like scared me just terrified me like I felt betrayed I was like wait a minute it's not just like oh it's all just gonna slowly dissolve and never happen again I'm gonna have these weird (laughs) gushes of blood you know it's just it'll be like the beginning of you know when you first get your period again it sounds like oh my gosh who wants to relive that right I don't even think I thought so much about what the periods would be like, to be honest. But I think it was closer to what you were suggesting. Yeah. And kind of thinking like, oh, that sounds kind of nice to not have a period for a few months. We all focus on the end game. (laughs) We don't focus on what leads up to that. Yeah. So what about you? Um, I'm trying to think what the biggest myth might be. I guess because of what I saw on TV. Mm -hmm. And I didn't live with my mom. So I around that time when she was going through perimenopause. So I didn't really have firsthand experience of seeing somebody go through that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, probably the biggest myth just from what I saw on TV was that women just turned into crazy psycho people again like it would be such drastic <laughs> right. like um, it would be mood, the murdering like, like mood swings yeah. yeah like anything could just set you off and then you'd be crying the next moment and right stuff like that that and I feel like it's often portrayed that once you go through menopause you're kind of thought of as like being old now yeah. You're like this old lady. We'll put her out to pasture. <laughs> Nothing's going to be great again. You know what I mean? Almost yeah. like, I don't know. Your like life your is life over. Is, yes. You can't like bear that. children. You have no purpose in society. Right. right. <laughs> okay. So I think this is a great time to talk about the biggest myths out there yeah. about this time in a woman's life. Let's start with the first one, and that's the age myth. Yes. Many women believe that they'll go through menopause at age 50 like it's clockwork and that's the date you'll be through it happy birthday here's menopause yeah I think this also goes hand in hand with the idea that menopause is the whole process right when actually perimenopause is the main process and menopause itself is a finite date right now we mentioned earlier that perimenopause can happen anywhere from your late 30s to your early 60s, so it stands to reason that not every woman will go through menopause <laughs> at age 50. Right. The average age of menopause is 52. Yes. And I think another myth that kind of goes along with this one is the idea that the older you were when you got your first period, mm-hmm. the older you'll be when you go through menopause. Oh. So I'm here with a fun fact. The exact opposite is actually true. Hmm. If you got your period later, you may actually go through menopause earlier. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, I have seen studies, because there's been lots of them done. Some of them find that. Mm -hmm. Some of them find it's the opposite. Some find it's somewhere in between. I don't know. It's all over the place. Right. And actually, the best indicator of when you'll go through menopause is when your mom went through it. Yep. Yep. So this might be the time. Give your mom a little call. Be like, (laughs) hi, mom. I need to find out the deets about your menopause. What's up? Let's talk about (laughs) when you went through menopause. Let's chat about menopause. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Maybe you 
you know, maybe take her out to dinner. Yeah. Possibly, <laughs> you know. Other things that might affect when you go through menopause, smoking can cause it to come earlier. Mm-hmm. While having more pregnancies and drinking alcohol can actually delay menopause as yeah. well. Can I add a few other ones in no. here? So you may go through menopause a little earlier too if you have a chronic illness. Okay. Or if you have any autoimmune disorders. Okay. Okay, that's been shown in research studies. So think like MS, lupus, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, different things like that. Rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, so just something to keep in mind there. All right. Now, I think one myth that I am more than happy to bust for the women out there is the idea that weight gain during perimenopause and menopause is inevitable. I like hearing that. Mm -hmm. I was just actually re-listening to the menopause podcast we did last year. And you mentioned in that podcast that you were surprised because you found out the average weight gain during the perimenopausal menopausal period is only about five pounds. I was surprised. I mean, I think... (laughs) We're all conditioned to believe that we are just going to be packing on the pounds like crazy. And there's nothing we can do. Right. And I would hear that from some women too. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, all of a sudden I'm just gaining like 10, 15 pounds. So certainly some women do gain a little bit more weight, but it doesn't have to be that way, especially if we're prepared. So when women go through perimenopause, our estrogen levels begin to go down and this creates a hormonal imbalance within us, Mm -hmm. right? Our bodies react by storing fat to protect itself because fat tissue actually acts as a source of estrogen in the body mm-hmm. and the places that have the most fat are the typical you hips, it, hips thighs, thighs belly yeah now in order to keep those pounds off eating a healthy diet and exercising are going to be your best friends yes one other tip i just want to add that may kind of help because our metabolism does start to go down a little bit during this time right i know there was a recent study that kind of said it doesn't till you're 60 i don't fully believe that but anyway (laughs) i would highly recommend for women during perimenopause if you feel like you're getting closer Mm -hmm. to actual menopause like your periods are kind of getting further and further right start decreasing your calories by like 200 to 300 per day okay and this will help to maintain that premenopausal weight okay It'll just help keep things in check a little bit more so rough estimate of what 200 and 300 calories looks like Let's see that could be like four or five chips ahoy cookies okay 300 calories would be two handfuls of potato chips if okay. that helps yeah a lot of snacky things are somewhere between 150 to 200. Are, are the easier thing for a lot I of people. I would focus to give up. on snacks. It's either like, okay, let's watch portions at the evening meal a little bit. Right. Or is there a snack in there to cut out? That's the way I would go. Yeah. Like I cut out my mid morning snack already. Yeah. I decided I didn't really need it. That helped me cut out like 200, 250. Okay. And I feel like that's really kind of helping. Yeah. So I'd watch the snack, especially the nighttime snack if you're doing that. Okay. Okay. And then get in the habit now and you will have less of a struggle later on right right do it early do it often Mm -hmm. speaking of a pervasive myth that does not have to come to pass it's time to dim the lights light the candles Mm. because we're talking about sex baby Uh specifically the idea that your sex life will come to a screeching halt during perimenopause what it doesn't (laughs) i think this is a myth (laughs) that really terrifies a lot of women because if you aren't really comfortable talking about sex in the first place you probably aren't going to ask the questions that you want answered and hear how you might be able to fix this issue if you're having it. Yeah, well, it's a good thing you're comfortable talking about sex then, Bethany. (laughs) 
especially to a crowd of strangers. Yeah, what can I say? I'm sure my mom is so proud of me right now. Uh, But anyway, I'm here to tell all of you ladies out there that while perimenopause and menopause may impact your sex life negatively, you do not need to live with that. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a deeper dive into this topic on a later episode this month. But for now, let me just say that decreases in libido and in sexual pleasure are not a normal part of growing older that you just have to put up with because there is a school of thought among some physicians that will say this is just how it is you're just going to have to deal with Mm -hmm. it it's not true and there are several physical and emotional issues that come into play here when we're talking about your sex so it's everything from vaginal dryness to emotional irritability mm-hmm. to decreased sex drive due to your hormones. These are all things that can be treated with help from a doctor or a therapist yeah. or whoever. Right. Please make sure you're talking to your doctor about that yes. because like Bethany said, there are things they can do to help. Yes. Like one of them, I'll just say lube. Lube is real helpful. <laughs> Well, it is. It's All right. Of, okay. Anyway, we'll probably talk about that when we'll we get, get to that talk. Yes. yes oh, okay. Yes. All right. I'll stop talking. Well, that'll about be a really fun. People are definitely going to want to listen to that. I'll one. stop talking about lube. Then. Okay. <laughs> the last myth we want to bust today is the myth about perimenopausal symptoms. I think a lot of women out there think that there are maybe four or five main symptoms and that they'll get all of them and they'll be awful. And the first one that will show up is hot flashes. Oh, yeah. That's right? the one we've all heard mm-hmm. about. Well, believe it or not, there are actually at least 34 perimenopausal <laughs> symptoms. Yikes. You heard that correctly. Ugh. 34 ladies. And that list is not finite. There are likely more than we are just finding out about as the years go on and while it's true that hot flashes are one of the symptoms Mm -hmm. probably the most talked about one yep they aren't necessarily the first to show up because one of the fun facts about menopause (laughs) is that there is no set pattern for these symptoms no and they vary in severity from day to day yay (sighs) so it's likely that you may have some of these symptoms and they are random and vague enough that you may not even connect them with parents perimenopause right in another of our upcoming shows this month we are going to go deeper into perimenopausal symptoms and how they impact our quality of life and our heart health but suffice it to say i think i may have some of these symptoms fatigue Mm. brain fog dizziness but at the same time i'm dealing with long covid yeah so it's one of those where it's hard to know if these symptoms simply overlap or if it's one and not the other. Yeah. Or, you know. It does get tricky sometimes. And these are a lot, a lot of these, when we talk about them, you will discover are you'll hear about them for a lot of other different sure. conditions. Because there's overlap with other conditions too, like adrenal or thyroid imbalances. Mm-hmm. So if you are confused as to what may be going on with your body, again, it's a good time to speak with your doctor. Now's the time to get very close mm-hmm. with your physician. Yes. If you are a woman of a certain age, like we are, now is a good time to speak with your doctor about perimenopause in general. Mm-hmm. What is his or her take on perimenopausal symptoms and how they should be handled? Mm-hmm. What baseline tests should you have now so that you know if things are amiss later on? These are things that should be addressed early so that you can have a continuing conversation as the years go on so that you can get and stay as healthy as possible. I know, Heather, you and I share a 
physician Mm -hmm. and she's actually a specialist with menopause and she's got a special menopause certification. And we discussed that we both needed to find a primary care doctor at about the same time. (laughs) And one of the reasons we picked her was we were moving into that age and we wanted to be with somebody who really knows their stuff. Yeah. If you want to find somebody that's credentialed in menopause, you can go to menopause.org. I know they have a section on their website where you can put in your zip code and you can find a doctor that's certified in that. Definitely. Okay. Well, all excellent points, Bethany. Thank you. Especially about talking to the doctors. Because as we will be discussing throughout this series, taking your health into your own hands is so important during this transition. Yes. I hope we were able to shed some light today on the more pervasive myths about perimenopause. Why not join in our conversation on our YouTube channel and invite your friends to join in as well. The more the merrier. Be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, Visit our website at www.karenyantcenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yant Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.